0: Well, we're thriving, and today we continue our May series called Thrive. It's called Thrive because spring is here. Praise the Lord. Some beautiful weather we've had the last few days. Spring is here, and spring is a season for thriving, for uh, flourishing and growing and blooming and blossoming, thriving. So be it for our lives as well this spring. I pray that what we're experiencing outside, the blossoming, blooming, growing, and flourishing would happen on the inside of our lives and we would be a people who will thrive. And we, we, talk, we, we began last week talking about what it means to thrive, what it means to be people who are really thriving. I said last week that God has placed within us a desire to thrive. God has put within us a, a desire to grow and thrive flourish and experience life in abundance. And yet oftentimes we find ourselves not thriving, but simply surviving. Have you ever said to yourself, oh, I'm glad I survived another day, another week at work. And sometimes we all have kind of seasons like that, right? I survived another day, another week at school. I survived another day, another week with my family, with my parents, with my kids. We all have those times, right? And yet God calls us to take this desire not just to survive but to thrive. Even in the midst of difficulties and challenges, trials and tribulations, we can thrive. We can experience God's life and power in our lives. Well, how? Well, by reflecting on and living like the tree. Last week, we talked about the tree. That's what it's known in South Alabama. Geneva, Alabama is the tree. It's also known as the Constitution Oak because it's a big oak tree that sits at the junction, uh, uh, this confluence of two rivers, the Pea River and the, and the Cotahatchee River, and it's thriving there, it's, and it's called the Constitution Oak because it's been around as long as the Constitution's been around. So here's a picture of the constitution oak, or the tree. And that tree is a picture of our series. That tree is an analogy for our series titled Thrive. Uh, That tree has roots, and it has reach. That tree has an extensive root system, And it has branches that are extending out. And so if we are going to thrive, we need to be like that tree. We need an extensive root system. And we need to extend ourselves out to others. Roots plus reach equals thrive. When we have that root system, when we are reaching out to others, we will be a people who are thriving. Here's what it says in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it, meditating on it day and night, They are like trees, there's the analogy. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. This is what it says in Jeremiah chapter uh, 17, verse 7. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees. There's the analogy again. They are like trees, Planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. They're not worried by trials and tribulations, by difficulties and challenges. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. Thrive as it says in our theme song for the series, Thrive, into your word we're digging deep to know the Father's heart, into your world we're reaching out to show them who you are. Into your word we're digging deep to know the Father's heart, into your world we're reaching out to show them who you are. So we're focusing today uh, on, on our roots. Last Sunday, we kind of kicked it off with an introductory message about roots and reach equals thrive. Well, this Sunday and next Sunday, we'll talk zero in more on the roots. And then the last two Sundays of May, the fourth and fifth Sundays of May, we'll look look at reach. Last Sunday, I said that when we talk about roots, two of the best ways to feed our root system, to dig our roots deep, are one, through God's word. Like it says in Psalm 1. They're meditating on the law of the Lord. They're meditating on the word of God day and night, and they will be like those trees firmly planted by the riverbank. So we dig into God's word. That's one of the ways we feed our root system, and we pray. We communicate with God. We offer ourselves to God. We pray. We intercede for others. We pray. So, so we feed our root system by Scripture and by prayer. And today we also feed our root system by being rooted in community we feed our root system by being rooted in community put a little outline in the back of your program if you'd like to follow along on that you're welcome to do that rooted in community (sighs) even though faith is personal it's not meant to be private there's no such thing as a solitary christian christianity is not a solo sport We were not meant to be Lone Ranger Christians. We are meant to be connected. We are meant to be uh, in community together, rooted in community together. We need community to thrive. We need God's word to thrive. We need prayer to thrive. And we need to be rooted in community in order to thrive. And, And I'm so excited, as we saw earlier in the service, about the new members because the new members have chosen to be rooted in community. Each of you who are new members, you've chosen to say, this is my community. I'm going to be rooted in the community called Asbury. And I pray that you, as you continue to root yourself in the community called Asbury, that you will continue to thrive. And I pray that the Asbury community will help you to thrive. As we are rooted in community, we thrive. First Corinthians chapter 12. The church is described, by the way, in the New Testament as a, as a body. So think about the connection of the different parts of the body. Uh, The New Testament's a body, and as a body, we are all joined together. You'll find that description of the church throughout the New Testament as a body. And so as a body, we're interconnected, we're joined together, we are interwoven with one another and interconnected. First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about this. The Apostle Paul writing to the early church. Wanting the early church to, to know of their importance of being connected. Verse 4: There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, for the good of the whole. Verse 11, all these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And then verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ, each of you a part of it. Jesus is the head. We are the parts. We are the interconnected parts. Jesus is the head, will always be the head, and we are the parts, interconnected parts. Now, whether you're a leg or an arm or an elbow or an ankle or, or, or an eye or an ear or a nose or an armpit, there are, there are, I've known that that is a thing in the church. There, there are, some people I've known over the years are just, just calling out armpits. You know, everywhere they go, they're kind of just stinking it up. Just saying. I'm not looking at anybody in particular this morning, but just saying. saying. So we all have our, our role, our, our part, our function. We all are all interconnected. So you know what I mean when I'm talking about that, right? <laughs> um, if, you, if you look under the ground in, in a, um, the root system of a tree, you'll see some amazing uh, interconnectedness and interplay, interwovenness. Roots are at times intertwined. Roots are at times intertwined. They're interconnected. Some foresters uh, talk about the roots communicating with each other. Communicating with with each other, as you see these roots, some of these roots are above ground, some of them are below ground, but communicating with each other through tiny threads of mycelium, fungal organisms that wrap themselves around the roots and then after wrapping themselves around the roots, wrap the roots together into a network. Of of connection and of communication, and then they share nutrients across the system. German forester Peter Wolleben dubbed this network the Wood Wide Web. <laughs> Not the World Wide Web, but the Wood Wide Web. Uh, in the Fish Lake National Forest in Utah. Is a forest of aspen trees. And it's the largest living interconnected uh, root system known to us. The largest living interconnected of fungal organisms wrapping around those roots, wrapping the roots around each other. This is, the, this is the largest one that we know of. The, this uh, forest of aspens in in Utah. I love that imagery. I love that picture because that's a picture of the church. That's a picture of our interconnectedness, our being intertwined with each other, our sharing nutrients, feeding each other, our growing together, strengthening one another, communicating with each other. Actually, it's not that uh, Fish Lake National Forest in Utah that's the largest living organism interconnected organism it's the church the church is the largest living interconnected organism on the planet it it because it's connected there's a network all over the globe and and we're interwoven we're interlinked we're interconnected and as we are connected as we're rooted in community we thrive we thrive individually and we thrive collectively. Let me just uh, share a couple other um, verses from 1 Corinthians 12 that talks about this this, uh, interconnectedness that we enjoy. Verse 14. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So when we understand and affirm this interconnectedness, when we understand and affirm the interconnectedness, we then realize that everyone is important. Everyone's important. Everyone has a role to play and everyone has something to contribute. When we understand and affirm this interconnectedness, we realize that everyone's important, everyone has a role to play, and everyone has something to contribute. That's you, that's me, that's all of us. When we are rooted in community, the body of Christ, we thrive. We feed our root system, we thrive. Several years ago, I was standing just beyond the free throw line at Iowa Grant High School in Southwest Wisconsin. And uh, I was watching the basketball team that I was coaching as we were just getting ready for the start of the second half. And um, during halftime, I had made some adjustments. This was the first game of the year. I'd made some adjustments. It's a girls' basketball team, a junior varsity team. So, freshmen, sophomore, girls. We made some adjustments at halftime. We had about a minute left, and the second half started. So, they're just shooting around and getting warmed up for the second half. And as I'm standing there, well, you might say, what, what were you doing as a basketball coach? I thought you were like a career guy as a pastor. <laughs> well, it was during the time I was a pastor in southwest Wisconsin. I was serving the Livingston, Stitzer, and Arthur United Methodist churches, that circuit of three churches. I'd been there for four months, Wendy and I had moved there, and um, I heard that there was an opening for a basketball coach for freshman, sophomore girls, JV girls, at the high school. It was mid-October, and uh, I thought, that's interesting. I had never coached before, but I had played basketball in high school, so I knew a little bit about basketball. Um, And I thought this would be a great opportunity to connect with the community, right? I mean, as a new pastor, I thought, man, where are the kids at? Where are the families at? Where are the parents at? I could, know, get to know them, get to know their parents and family, administrators, teachers. So I went out and talked to Gary Guerin, who was a principal of Iowa Grand High School, and I said, I'm interested. He said, great. He said, nobody in the Iowa Grand School District wants a, wants a coach, and we're two weeks away from starting. They don't want a coach at Junior Varsity Girls Basketball. And so he says, do you know what this is? I said, yeah, that's a basketball. He said, you got the job. <laughs> it was like, that was the interview. Boom. And I, so I'm like, well, do you know I'm a pastor? Like, is that like a deal breaker? He said, no, we just need a warm body out there in the afternoon from 3.30 to 5, coaching these girls. So I said, okay. So, um, so we started. I should also say that for those of you that are basketball fans, Greg Gard, who's the current UW basketball coach, was in high school at that time, and he was on the boys' team. And so I had an opportunity to meet Greg, met his parents, Connie and Glenn, met some of the other f- guys because our practices overlapped or back to back. And so actually the head basketball coach, Steve Randall, uh, joined our church during that time. He, he and his family started coming to our church and that was, that was, uh, that was awesome. So uh, I'm I I uh, I am standing there with, with and Peggy Furstenberg, whoops I shouldn't have said her last name but I said her last name <laughs> Peggy comes up to me at halftime of our first game of, the, of our, my first year and she's furious she said it's half why haven't you put me in the game yet I'm going like whoa Peggy time out you know settle down And and she says, you put in Amy and Carrie and all these other girls, but you haven't put me in yet. And I'm saying it's halftime at our first game of the year. And this was the challenge. You know how many girls were on that team? 18. Have you ever tried to keep 14- and 15-year-old girls happy when you can play five at a time and you got 13 on the bench? And she's like barking at me (laughs) right out of the gate for the first game of the year. And I said, just settle down. I knew that she could contribute. She wasn't in the top 10 or 12. I probably played 10 or 12 in that half. You know, she wasn't in the top 10 or 12, but she was a freshman. She, could, she was a farm girl. She could be a defender and a rebounder. And so I said, keep keep working. I wanted her to be on the team. I knew she'd be better as a sophomore. So she stayed on the team and contributed, mostly as a sophomore. A month after pe- the encounter with Peggy, this is my first <laughs> first encounter, probably first encounter with 14, 15-year-old girls, uh, um, Jane comes running up to me after practice, throws her jersey down. I quit. And she's bawling, she's just crying. I'm like, Jane, what's going on? And she says, nobody likes me. Gillian and Lisa are always picking on me. When you're not watching, Lisa's always elbowing me in practice. They don't think I should be on the team. I don't think I should be on team, I quit. I said, Jane, settle down, take a breath, talk to her. I wanted her to be on the team. She was also a freshman, could be better as a sophomore, but she was quick and she was uh, a good dribbler. And when the other team would press, I'd call timeout, get Jane in the game because she was one of our best press breakers. She could break the press. So I wanted her to stay on the team. So I encouraged her, she stayed on the team and contributed. Well, I say all that to say this, The church is a team just like that basketball team I was coaching. Have you ever felt like quitting? Sometimes we feel like quitting, don't we? Sometimes there are some other people on the team that we have a hard time getting along with. Have you ever experienced that? Sometimes we wonder whether we have a role to play whether we have a spot on the team. Do I have anything to contribute? Am I really needed? Have you ever wondered about that? The answer is everyone is valuable. Everyone's a critical part of the team. Everyone has something to contribute. We are interconnected. We are the body of Christ interwoven, interconnected, each an important part of the team, the greatest team in town. And when we connect and interconnect and when we fulfill our role, that's when we thrive. When we're rooted in community, we thrive. And then one final dimension about being rooted in community. Um, uh, Being rooted in community, uh, I think about on this Mother's Day the home is a community, isn't it? The, the family is a community. The home, the family is a community. God's design is for us to be interconnected in the home, in the family. Now, depending on what, what, what your family looks like currently, depending on what kind of family you're in, depending on how big it is, how close it is, God wants to use those close relationships we have in our family or extended family to help us to thrive. The home is a place for us to thrive. The home is a place of of interconnectedness, a place of being interwoven, our roots going down deep to draw up life and strength and blessing from our family. How's that going, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters? How's that going? (coughs) It's from the family that we find our rootedness, it's from the family that we find our faith, it's the family that provides that rich soil for us to be able to thrive. How's that going for you? On this Mother's Day, I think of the great preacher, Prince of Preachers, G. Campbell Morgan. G. Campbell Morgan had four sons and all four sons became preachers. Uh, one day at a family reunion, uh, someone asks one of the sons, so who's the, who's the Morgan who was the greatest preacher? And the son replies without hesitation. Mom. (laughs) And he says, Mom is the greatest preacher in our family by word and deed. Uh, On this Mother's Day, I am blessed to be able to say that my mom is the greatest preacher in our family by her words and her deeds. Mom's a greatest preacher. Mom has provided faith, roots, and rich soil for our family to be able to thrive. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. On this Mother's Day, I also think about a... uh, Six-year-old to four-year-old boys, two brothers that wanted to get their mother something for, for Mother's Day, and so they go with dad to the flower shop, and they pick out this house plant. They want to spend their own money, and so they pick out this house plant, and they spend their own money, and, and dad's pretty proud of them. They take the house plant home, and mom's really proud of them. that Dad says they spent their own money on this Mother's Day gift, this house plant, and she's thrilled, but the six-year-olds kind of have a s- sad face. He's got a sad face, and Mom says, what's going on? He said, well, Mom, there was a beautiful bouquet there that we really wanted to get you. It was really pretty. It actually would have been perfect because it, it had a, 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 a ribbon on it that said, rest in peace. <laughs> and Mom, you're always asking for a little piece so you can get some rest. But we didn't have enough money to buy that. Well... On this Mother's Day, for those of you that are moms or spiritual moms, I hope you'll get a little rest, take a break, hope you'll enjoy a little peace, but don't, don't take too much of a break because, because you provide the roots and the faith and the rich soil for your family to flourish. May all of us renew our commitment to being connected and rooted in community. Interconnected with one another, interwoven with each other, each of us finding our place, our role, our part, every one of us important. May all of us renew our commitment to being rooted in community. And may then our home join the church in being that rootedness, that place of rich soil, that place of faith, so we can all together thrive. Let's pray. Lord God, we're so thankful for your word, the witness of your spirit. We thank you for being our heavenly father. And We thank you that as Jesus said, you're like a mother, a mother hen gathering her chicks in the nest. Thank you, Jesus, for that imagery. Thank you, God, for being that for us. Gather us together, protect us, shelter us. Lord, help us to be rooted in you. Help us to be rooted in community. Help us to add to the soil of, of faith in our homes. And enable us all, Lord, to thrive. In Jesus' name, amen.